Hey, this is Steve Lukather, and I'm back on the Rock Solid Podcast. Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, I can't afford to be. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room to promote his new album, Bridges, please welcome the legendary guitarist from Toto, Steve Lukather. How are you doing, Steve? I don't know about legendary, but uh, thanks for the intro, man. Well, look, I say legendary. I understand that you want to have uh, some humility and be humble, but look, no one plays I've been around a long time. I've been you. around a long fucking time. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of which, Steve, there he is. This is the first time I've ever seen you letting the gray come through, and it looks amazing. Gray is white. I mean, it's it's really me, man. You it know? looks amazing. Um, my son, when I turned sixty five last October, uh, my son, I was letting the beard go a little bit, and my son goes, "It's time, man. It's time to let the hair." Go. I go, "What are you talking about?" He's like. I, I go, yeah, okay. You know, I told him a long, long time ago, if I start looking stupid with black hair when I get older, let me know. Well, he did. And I said, I don't know what's under there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen my real hair color since I was 30, you know. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I let it go, and then it started to get a little silly. And I said, you know what, man? Who am I? I'm not trying to be 20 years old. I just got in the habit of dyeing my hair for decade after decade. And that's freeing not to have to do yeah. that anymore, man. I don't, I'm listen, I'm going to be 66 in a couple months. I mean, I'm cool with getting older, man. I'd rather be the old guy and then try to compete in the young man's world at this <laughs> point. And I'll tell you that I had the greatest career ever. I'm not mad at anybody right now. You know? Well, let me tell you, Steve, better to have a full head of white hair than no hair. Yeah, I know my bald friends hate my guts. <laughs> and they're like, you know, dude, really? You know, <laughs> this, this will end the rumors. I got, I got listen, I got lucky. It's really me. Man. I know it is. And this will end the rumors. It was black, though. People are always wearing a wig. And I'm going, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, those were always the rumors. Luke, if there's wearing a wig, he's not wearing a wig. That's I'm it. That's there really, it is. Really All right. Me. Steve, this new album, Bridges. Uh, I mean, you just released an album two years ago. Uh, are you like on a creative uh, high right now? Wait a second. Two years is a long time. First off. Well, okay. My last record was made right before the horrible pandemic, literally the month before lockdowns. And that was a very self-indulgent, fun record to do for me to play all the stuff live and be more of a jam chops kind of fusion for lack of a better rock thing. I, mean, I had a great time doing it. It took eight yeah. days, top to bottom. So I scratched that itch. Two years go by, insanity, and my weirdest, horrible times of my life. And when we came out of the pandemic and the band, we put together a, a new version of the Toto thing to work. And we had a couple months off. And I had a record deal, you know, with the mascot. I mean, as a solo artist. So I yeah. said, well, I got to do something. I can't just sit around and do nothing. You know, I want to get some scratch the creative itch to create some new music. So I called up Joseph Williams and David Page. I said, come on, man, let's let's get together and write some tunes, do a shameless 80s record, man, like we used to do and just have some have a few laughs at it. Polar opposite of my last one, which is this one was very song oriented. And I purposely did not play super flashy solos. I played real melodic, you know, cool phrasing and interesting choice of notes or whatever rather than compete into the fastest gun in the west thing which i'm like i'm past all that i mean the kids today are so incredible technically <laughs> that i just have to shake my hand and go wow that's amazing i wish i could do that how do you do that <laughs> well, i mean i came from the original classic rock era of like i started with the beatles and as then hendrix and then you know the you know Beck, Page, and Clapton, then Fusion, and then the Prague, and I went through the whole thing in real time. Now, the entry level is, you know, you learn Van Halen's Eruption, which is, that's the first thing you learn, man. I remember first thing I, you learn. 
when I heard Eddie do that for the first time before I knew him, I was jaw on the floor. How the hell do you do that? You know, but now all the magic tricks are online. So there's yeah. if everybody knows all the tricks, it's not a trick anymore, you know. And Ed was just doing what he was doing to make the music and fill out the sound of the band. He didn't he didn't realize he was creating the monster that he did. And uh, he used to joke about it a little bit. But uh, I mean, listen, things are different now. Well, I'm, I did, a, I'm an old bastard. I got <laughs> seven years in now, you know. I did make a note about your solos. I wrote down in my notes that these solos on the album perfectly service the songs without being overly flashy. Well, there are guys that do it better than me. So, I mean, I'm going to play to my strengths. You know, yeah. I can't. I mean, I'm a broken dude. I got blown out rotator cuffs. I just had my knee replaced and my teeth fixed. <laughs> I'm 65 years old. It's like the decade of replacement parts. And but I mean, I love what the younger people, the younger guitar players, especially the women guitar players. Wow, there's a whole batch of absolutely amazing female guitar players that are great musicians. It doesn't matter if they're female; they just happen to be. A lot more incredible female guitar players than there were when I started. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's talk about this young guy. His name's, I believe, Trev Lukather. Do you know yeah, that guy? Yeah, yeah, my my my, uh, my boy. Yeah. The first track on this album, "Far From Over," written by Trev Lukather, Steve Lukather, and Joseph Williams. Is this your first official collaboration with no. Trevor? No, man. I was dragging my son in the studio to play on my records when he was 13. Okay, play the power chords on this one. You know what I mean? I, I, I was training him without him realizing. Yeah. And then he just took to it. First off, he has great time, which in the recording studio, a lot of great players can fold up. Like when they see the red light on or they have to play to a, a click or the time is, you know, they get nervous playing in the studio. My son was like from a very early age, I, he was always following, even when he was real little, I would drag the kids to the studio, throw them on the front couch while I was doing overdubs and stuff, because I was the primary custody dad. Right. Then. So then I took them everywhere with me. And so they grew up, you know, first off, knowing how to be cool in the studio, not yeah. be, but also my son was very interested in what I was doing. And then I took him on the road and he played. I mean, it just sort of naturally happened by accident. He's the only one out of my four kids that is a professional musician, but he brought that track in almost finished. And Joseph and I helped him with the words and with the melodies and some of the, and the, some of the production, but he produced me. And I said, Hey man, you got anything? And he sent us the track the next day. It was like with lyric ideas, like a lot of the lyric things were him looking at me. Yeah. Well, I saw that he has, his name is first on the writing credit, so I figured he brought it in. Oh, yeah, no, I insisted upon that because he really did write most of the, the song. And he's a total. I think you just answered this one, though. He's totally confident in the studio with all you veterans. I'm very First off, he's a great engineer. He's a great producer, arranger, plays several instruments, great songwriter, and he's very confident. But soulfully, you're not an yeah. e egotistical asshole by any stretch. <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't. You know, that, that doesn't fly. Yeah. yeah. No, he's a really good person. He's much better. He's a much better person than I have been in my life. I mean, he skipped over a lot of bullshit and a lot of mind fucks that I went down. Very strange. Well, he he no, saw what his dad went through. Very successful, young, taking shit for it and all that. It was very interesting. He's got a different outlook. But for him, he's like, he wishes he was coming up at the same time we did because things would be different. It'd be right. There was more money in it there was more everything in it so he's produces records writes songs and, you know and he's got he's working on a new project with uh phil collins kid on drums oh nice 
you know, and they got some. I heard something. I'm like, wow, that's really fucking good. He's always throwing stuff against the wall, but he does solo stuff. But it's an era now where it's the competition is ridiculous because you know, ten thousand records a day get put out. Yeah, how do you wade through that? How do you and, get a playlist? You know, the major labels don't really do anything for you anymore. You have to yeah. what you come with a million uh Instagram followers. What the hell do you need a record label for? If you got a million people following you, you can make the money direct. Screw the record company. They ain't doing right. anything for you anyway. Well, the first days of oh, I got a major record deal doesn't mean anything anymore. Right. True. Let me ask you this. This album artwork is phenomenal. Every single page of this booklet is like walking through an art museum. Who's well, I got to give all the love to Doug Brown. He's an old dear friend. And he did Toto album covers. He did Taboo and Minefields. And he heard that I was doing something. And he called, he called me up. He goes, let me do the cover. He goes, I got this whole crazy AI thing. And like, I'm like, I just, I go, I don't know anything about this, Doug. Show me something. And he started sending me images. And I'm going like, this is out man this is great because you know we've seen every cliche album cover there is or just a picture of me going you know i mean right exactly nobody really cares about what the hell i look like um the music so this is very interesting very kind of like pink floydy kind of a vibe to it you know but uh doug is brilliant i gotta give all i well, love to take credit for having that this is doug brown 100 man his team so he's a brilliant man. He brought this and he came up with all the images. He did the whole package. All I did yeah, it, it, it's amazing. You're gonna you're gonna leaf through this booklet and you're gonna find things on these pages. Like, you know, you're gonna pick it up uh, weeks later and look and find something new. It's so amazing. I just well, couldn't I mean, that's, believe I mean, that's uh, reminds me of when I album covers when I was growing up, you know. Yeah, you, you stare at the you know. Yeah, fold out album that was cool to read, or you're always reading the credits and lyrics while you're listening. People don't do that anymore, I don't no. think. Uh, you know, but this is this harkens back to that era, if you will. You know. So let me ask you this: When you uh, after the album is uh, written, recorded, mixed, and finished, do you still think about it? Are you still thinking about? Oh, I could have done something different. Or when you? Oh, sure. If I listen to it, I go, oh, that mix. I should. I should. Yeah, man. I wish I had a little more high end on that, or I wish I'd. I wish that was a little, you know, you're never really finished with anything, but you have to let it go. I actually yeah. work well under pressure and time limits. I said, we got three weeks to do this, to write it and finish it, and then we'll mix it. That's the time a lot of, that's the time we took, and that's what you got. And everybody came to the party for me, man, all my old friends, you know, all my old total buddies and past to present, if you will. And um, yeah. it was really fun to go back and revisit some hangs with like Simon and Shannon and you know, Lee Sklar came back, one of my oldest friends, one legendary. Talk about the word legend. That's yeah, Lee Sklar. Um, and it, it just came about the way it came. It didn't really try too hard, but I was like, let's make a shameless 80s record and have some laughs doing it. Dave, me and Joe sitting in a room writing songs together. It was like how we used to do it back in the day. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid saying that this is the closest. We're going to get to a Toto record. All right, well, you know, I've, I've been taking shit for saying that. And, you know, it's, once again, I th a throwaway line becomes a, a meme right. or yeah. a, a clickbait. The fact of the matter, when I said that, it was, I did say that. But yeah. There's a reason for that. Because of, you know, we went through the unfortunate uh, legal thing with the name of the band, which was sort of messed up by our original managers who never trademark the name we didn't know that anyway long story short there's a percentage that comes off the top of the gross of everything we do yeah now if record deals budgets are not what they used to be and i like to pay everybody the real wage and work in a real studio right. real people involved. i make these records to scratch the creative itch not to get rich because records don't sell like they used to sell so the back end is not what it used to be you know what i mean right. Uh, it's really to the, the joy of recording and making new music with my friends. It's not about, oh, we're going to have a number one record around the world and sell millions of copies. I mean, we had that era, and I'm very grateful. That's why I'm still here. But that doesn't exist. So if you have to pay somebody from the gross and there's only this much left budget to pay for the record, there's no money in it for anybody. Right. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what's the point? But it's just... Uh, I, don't, it's I don't want to get into a, an accounting nightmare and... Having people's lawyers hassle me, and uh, I, I just I've been through it. I don't want to do it. 
uh, we, if you notice, if you look at Joseph Williams' last solo album, David Page's solo album, and yeah. mine, we all work on each other. We love each other because yes. high school buddies. We still love to sit in a room and laugh and create. And we write songs and work really quickly together, and it's fun. That's and it's why. Because, and you guys can work quickly together because it's second nature at this point. You guys yeah. know who's going to go here, who's going to go there, Wait, how it's all going to fit. We still like to surprise each other. And and it was fun, man. I just want to love working with my buddies, man. It's not about, oh, I hate uh, Toto. We're obviously, Toto's still very much alive. We're working and having Ring. more success live than we've had in, I can't remember, if ever, you know? Yeah. I mean, in I, terms of, you know, financially and, and opportunities and the kind of gigs we're doing, the size of the gigs we're doing. Yeah. Um, so I'm taking this, you know, we got a second act, you know, the God gave us a second chance to go. Uh, it's obviously not total from 1978 could never could be right. And it's not total from the mid eighties or nineties or two thousands. I mean, there's been 15 versions of the band. <laughs> now, every day I miss Jeff Picaro and Mike Picaro. I mean, and you know, there's people that Bob, Bobby Kimball's got dementia and Dave Hungate's, you know, retired and living in yeah. the country in Nashville. We're all still friends. Yeah, you know I, I mean? just there's a lot of rumors about us, and then we have had ups and downs in times when we are mad at each other or whatever. Okay, you know it's like any relationship, right? But there's but, no bad blood at this very moment right now. There's no bad blood with anybody. I don't. I, I'm not carrying it around. I just don't want to have to deal with lawyer. I don't ever want to see lawyers again in my life. Okay, right, right. I guess what I was trying to say That's was, all. I'm not bagging on anybody. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. <laughs> It was screwed up in the beginning. It got fixed, and people, it's just unfortunate that it was as stressful as it was, but it's cool now. God bless everybody. Peace and love. That's all well, I got to say. What I'm trying to say, uh, Steve, is as a fan, when I pick up the Page album or Bridges, and I look and I see all these names together listed, you know, Sklar, Phillips, Page, Lukather, Williams, as a fan, I get excited because I love when you guys do stuff together. Thanks. So I don't care what it's called. If you guys are working together and creating and making new music for my ears, thank you. Well, thank thank you for saying that. And the fact of the matter is, you know, as life goes on, you know, whenever somebody's doing a record, we all end up jumping on at some point or another. Yeah. I mean, there's peripheral casts of characters that come in that sure. are photo guys, but we're all still the same family of brothers and sisters anyway. Yeah. So. And, it, and that makes my heart feel good when I see that. Well, Let's talk about track two, Not My Kind of People. these lyrics directed towards stan lynch from the heartbreakers wrote the lyric love stan lynch he's been a partner of ours for a long time yeah, he's a he, very very close friend of mine and we and him have had a, a similar interesting negative things happen in our lives and we laugh about it and i you know we we send him the the track and um a, a rough idea of what the melody is in terms of phrasing and where and he sent me back. He sent back these lyrics the next day. After we talk, I go, "What do you want this to be?" I go, "It's an angry track. Be angry." <laughs> well, I mean, he says a lot of things. He's got such a way with words. I mean, he worked on four tracks on the record. I think and yeah. he's an unbelievable word man. He also knows me really well. So all the things we've talked about about life and everything like kind of creep into these songs, you know, in a very sarcastic, biting manner that only he can write. You know. Yeah, I mean, your back of the pack, right up my ass crack, is one of the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think the lyrics are better than when we first started. <laughs> There's certainly the more by. I mean, come on, man. You look at society now. You're gonna. It's just. It's just the 
not my kind of people. It's like everybody has assholes around them, you know what yeah. I mean? One or another. So that's what this song's about. It's like you're just not my kind of people, man. I can't I cannot hang with where you're coming from. The thing is, Steve, I might have a group of people who I think are assholes. Those people might think I'm an asshole. It just goes. Right. Well, that's how we're, the, welcome to the wonderful world. You know, that's yeah. what it is for all of us. And you're, I'm the same as you. Yeah. Some people like what I do. Some people hate me and they never even met me. So, okay. Yeah. I live with that. You know, that's why I'm off social media. I can't, I don't need to read. I'm great any more than I need to read. I suck. Right. Exactly. I don't um, need that. I mean, I'd rather not know. I mean, that's why I took, I said, don't put comments on. If you put a song out, don't put the comments on. I mean, yeah, turn it off. You don't yeah, need you know, it. I'm a real target, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, look at this face. You know, where do you <laughs> want to start? Um, um, no, just listen to music. And if you like it, great. If you don't, you can tell your friends it sucks, but I don't need to read that. So, yeah, listen to something else if you don't like it. It's okay uh, to have an opinion. I mean, I, if you don't like it, that's cool. God bless. But yeah, I don't need to, you know, it makes me feel bad. Why would I want them to feel bad? Right. Or or I don't need like I'm the greatest thing in the world while I'm looking in my face in the mirror. Oh, you're so beautiful, aren't you? <laughs> it's like that's not me, man, at all. You know. Well, there's great guitar work on this track, and I love that chunky opening riff. I don't even know how to describe it because I'm not a musician, but it just this this song's great. I really there, love. These it. are gifts. I mean, you we showed up at Joe's house and we did the record, cut it, wrote it, and cut it in his living room, which is his whole house is a studio because he lives alone still. <laughs> One of those guys that can do that. Um, and I want him to produce it because he's such a great producer. And I didn't want to work that hard. I wanted to just be an artist. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I had maybe final, final say. But uh, we all agree on everything, you know. And he did. So I got to give Joe a lot, a lot of credit for the way this record turned out. I mean, Is he there gave us all on this and, and then some. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is there more creative freedom at this point for you? Because you're not beholden to having a hit. You don't have to worry about that. It's a lot more freedom. I, although, I mean, every time every time I write something, I like to write hooky stuff. You sure. know, um, melody is still important to me, and lyrics have become way more important than they used to be because yeah. the, you know having experienced life for as long as I have. Um, but you know, like I said, I, I try to try my best every time. Yeah. I don't times it's a hit and miss. You know, if I think something's a hit, it's never a hit. <laughs> if I laugh at something in point and go, wow, I don't know about that one. That's the hit for sure. That's been that way my whole career. So I laugh about it now. No, I mean, we just wrote songs. And we, what do, what do we got today? And I sit down the guitar, same guitar. I always, you know, and a riff comes. It's a gift from God. I'm going, okay, that's, that sets a pace. Or somebody has a, a little start of a kind of a riff. And then we just all jump on. No. And in a couple hours, we have the thing written, musically written, with melody ideas and everything that's recorded. We start producing the record, adding things, overdubbing, and create, flushing it out. That's what we did every day, you know, and for, and three weeks later, we had a record to mix. So you're in the room with, uh, with uh, Joe and David. Do you still look at each other and just get like a smile and just think, this is what we, this is what we do for a living. We, this is our job. Well, when in that scenario, when we're sitting around a couple of keyboards and a guitar and, and a drum groove or put on a machine just to play to, um, we revert back to the same, you know, youngsters when we first started out, just writing music and being excited about a riff or an idea, flushing it out, hearing it grow from a little germ of an idea to a fully produced song. That's a great rush. And that's that's why we do it. I mean, that's why I do it now. Because look, the hits put the butts in the seats. God bless them. Play them. Happy to play them every night. But you know, every you still got to do something new once in a while. And yeah. I'm fortunate enough to have enough people that like what I do and to support that and a, and a label mascot, which lets me do whatever I want to do. And a great bunch of friends and a gene pool of amazing musicians and collaborators that I get to work with, who are my friends. And we just go in there like like we're little kids. And I said I wanted to do it like we used to do it back in the before it was all this computer stuff. Sit in a room and write a song. Yeah, and that's what we did old school. 
and consequently sometimes and i said let's not be afraid to go back to the you know where where we how we would produce records back in the 80s and the kind of music we would write because nobody else is doing that yeah you know i'm not trying to be oh modern trendy that would be at this point in the game it's a little late for me to <laughs> you know i'm do duet with taylor swift or something like that you know <laughs> Oh, bless her. She's great. I'm not putting anybody yeah. down. You know, it's a, it's, there's a young people right. era. I'm old school. So. Although, Steve, if you get the call from Taylor Swift to do a duet, you're going to do it, right? Sure. But, I mean, that day, you know, as they say, that day may never come. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't anticipate that happening, no. Well, I did beat her once when she was opening for Rascal Flats way, way back. Because those guys are friends of mine. Yeah. And, um... And she was very, she was very shy. And I was going on a cute little girl, you know. I mean, didn't think much of it. Now she's like global superstar selling out stadiums. You go, okay, great. You know, I, I couldn't sing you one of her songs, but I know that she's incredibly popular, and I'm happy for her for that. God bless. You know, I've seen clips. She seems really good. So yeah, track three, someone, uh, written by uh, Luke and Joe and Paige. This was the first song I believe that was released to the public. There's some breakup songs on here, Steve. These are uh, these are some yeah, rough, I mean, there's, there's some rough lyrics. Understand that I didn't write all the lyrics, you know. Okay, you know, but I mean, rough... I mean, yeah. Who hasn't been through a breakup? I'm I, I'm famous for writing breakup songs. Yeah, you know? there's some yeah, rough I'm lyrics. I'm the guitar player, and I write the sensitive ballads. It's not lost. Here's the thing. Like for example, there's the next song you're going to mention. It's a song that I wrote with Randy Goodrum. Yeah, well, all forever's must end. Right, he's the guy that wrote "I'll Be Over You" with me, you know, and he wrote yep. the lyric on that, and then he sent that to me, and I, I go, "That's great." Maybe I change a word or two or something like that, and we talk on the phone. But a lot like Stan and Randy and guys like that, they just send me a, a complete lyric. The fact mm -hmm. that it might relate to me at all is why I can sell it by singing yeah. it. You know what I mean? I mean, because I'm I'm the first to tell you I'm not an incredible lyricist, and I wanted to get it done quickly and efficiently, so I went to the guys that really do it great. Yeah, some stuff. Well, all forever's must end. Just the title is a punch in the gut. I have you know, I had this piano ballad that I hadn't finished. That's the only thing that wasn't that I brought in that was kind of I already had a part of you know, most of it written. And Joseph and uh, you know he would just kind of say, "Oh, that's really good." And I said, "Well, I said, well, I have this." And he goes, "You play the piano part," and I did. I played the piano into the thing. I sent it to Randy with the melody ideas that I have, like we the way we used to write. And he sent me back this great soulful lyric. You know, sad song, but hey, you know. Life isn't always happy, you know. Right, true, and you need and you need the sad ones to to mix it up on the album, give it some uh, layers. Yeah, it's an old school classic kind of Totoe ballad. It really yeah. is. Randy and I wrote a lot of those for Toto, so that's why it has that sound to it. 
All right, track five. Our friend David Wilde just tweeted about this song today. What? Yeah, the song is When I See You Again. And I know you're not on Twitter right now, Steve. So here's what oh, wow. David Wilde's always been really nice to yeah. me. Sweetheart, man. That's I'm like I said, I'm off Twitter and I can't read this stuff. Right. So. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna read this to you word for word because this is a great one. Uh David says, I love Steve Lukather in Toto, but that said. This new song from his Bridges album coming out on Friday is one of my favorite things he's ever done. Wow. And that, is re- and that is really saying something. This also would have been one of my favorite songs had it been on Toto 4. I mean, I'm I'm very very touched by David saying that. I mean, he's a legendary writer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's also been very kind to me in the past. I, I'm thanks, Dave. <laughs> well, and he's not wrong because when I see you again is a stellar track. It's just amazing. And thanks. this again, yeah, this- I, said, I had a lot of help. I'm not. T- I can't take credit for all this. I mean, Joe and Dave and. and everybody involved who co-wrote and played on it i mean made it what it is I and mean, to say it's a solo record is kind of silly because i didn't do everything all by myself you know <laughs> right a lot right. of help really incredibly talented people who made me look good so that's the truth well that that's that's very humble and very nice of you to say and it's very that's true man, but just... yeah but it it the album is it's Steve. Yeah, I mean, I get to put my name on it like I did it all myself. Hey, look at me. Look at look how great I am. I did it all by myself. <laughs> I mean, there's there's few people, artists, that do everything by themselves. Even Elton John doesn't do it by himself. No one does it by themselves. Well, so Elton, we all know. You know, those are all my heroes. You know, I got to work with Elton. You know, I mean, when I was young, and it was a fantastic experience. I love the lyric on this song too. Saddest words ever heard are what might have been. Yeah, I mean, well, it, you know, if it's hitting you like that, it's because you can relate to it, and that's what a good song does. Yep. You know, like I said, that's why I wanted to write some cool music, but also have something to say. Yeah. So I, I went to the prose as opposed to okay. There's a little pun for you. The prose, get it? <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I get it. I, I went to the professionals, I should say, who have the prose. And they brought me some incredible stuff really quickly. And I was like, wow, that takes a lot of talent to be able to come up with words that fit not only musically, but actually say something that's worthwhile saying. Well, here's a compliment. Relatable, if you will. Here's a compliment for you then, Steve. You're giving all these uh, accolades to your friends who helped you, but they are also willing to bring these songs to you because they feel that you can get behind these and, and make the best of them. Well, like I said, it's a collab. We wrote it. 
because right. of collaborating together. So, yeah, I mean, they brought the best out of me. Joseph got some incredible vocals out of me that I never would have imagined possible because he's a great singer and he knows how to talk to me and he knows how to do it. And a lot of times, yeah, I'll just do a bunch of takes and then he would put something together and be like, wow, man, that's much better than I really am. <laughs> and when you when you and Joseph worked Double together. And stuff like that to make the voice big and thick. And that's how we produced it 80s style. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you and Joseph work together, are you able to tell him, hey, dude, that's not good? And he can tell you the same thing. And you're like, OK, let's keep going. Well, I don't think we we come at each other quite with hostility. You know? No, no, I know. But I mean. <laughs> But I'm not feeling that or like, you know, I don't know about that or like, no, no, stick with that. Come on, let's see this through. There's a great idea we need to finish before you throw it away. Yeah, that's a great taker. You can do it better. How about this? How about this phrasing? How about no, it's not quite right. Or let me let me sit with this and come back tomorrow. and I'll show you what I got. You know, that's what Joseph did. And he was a great producer. And Dave. Dave's magic is Dave's magic. He just walks in the room, puts his hand on a keyboard, and something great comes out. I mean, he can't tour anymore with us because physically it's just not something he he can do or medically should do or even wants to do. But he does right. come out and sit in once in a while, and we do the business together. Dave's still the grand the, the boss as far as I'm concerned. I hold the torch sometimes, but, you know, that's just because I'm still... I guess become the the front man guy was rather begrudgingly, but that's the way it is, you know. You're still flying I've, the flag. I've, I've been I'm the only guy that's been there from day one to now. Yeah. You know? And I always believed in this, even when people didn't, and even people who were in the band didn't believe it, you know. Yeah. I was gonna go to I said, I'm not going to my grave until this thing is re- revived where it needs to be. Right. And with hard work and a great team, a great band and a great you know, behind the scenes, great agents and uh, business people. We've managed to, you know, really have a great time in a, in our career right now. And this, me doing this record with the guys is just a little, this is what I do when I'm, I'd rather be doing that than sitting around watching television. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, the people seem to be connecting with it, the few that have heard it. So I'm really excited about, and also I'm always nervous, like, what they can say about me? Oh God, you know, it's just it's a knee-jerk reaction from getting right. beat up from the first record we ever did to present day. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you beat a dog every time it walked in the room. You're gonna go like this when they see people. <laughs> the album comes out Friday, June 16th. It's gonna be on CD, digital, vinyl. Track six is Take My Love, a very bluesy track written by a couple of guys I've never heard of. Tell me well, about Steve, no, Steve Majora is playing keyboards in tone now. He's one of the keyboard players. So I mean I, I when I was doing the record I said I want to do a blues tune, but I oh, don't okay, want cool. to do a, I don't want to do a 12 bar blues. I'm not Stevie Ray Vaughan. I wish I was, but I'm not. And you know there are guys that do that, you know. Yeah. You know, and I leave that to them. Uh, but I wanted to do something that was bluesy and could do this. And this is more of like an homage to Gary Moore more than anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. In that sort of really, you know, singing lines on the on the guitar, real emotive rather than, oh, dig how flashy I am. And Steve wrote this great song and sent me this track. I mean, I got to say, and he his friend Warren helped him with the words, I guess, or whatever. And they did some background. But I mean, it was almost a completed record when I got it. You know, wow. we did our thing to it. And, you know, that was a great gift from Steve. He's a really talented guy. Great singer, songwriter, keyboard player. Great addition to our little combo on the road and a great cat, so. Got a funny little feeling That you've been creeping on me And I have never had a reason To think that you and I should have a My son, Trev, turned me on to Steve Majora, and he's become a, a great family friend and also a great musician. Love him to death. 
Excellent. Well, thank you, Steve. And sorry that I did not because re- I haven't seen the new incarnation of Toto yet live. So now I'm, I'm really excited. proud of it. I'm like I said, it's it, it's a new version of it. We're yeah. paying homage to the music. I'm keeping the music alive. I'm not Mr. Toto. I don't want to be Mr. Toto. Right. Some people have misconstrued that it's all about. I think it's all about me. And I, it's, I'm just keeping. Listen, man, everything's going well. There's a demand. It's a law of supply and demand. If nobody listened or nobody bought a ticket, we would be out of business. But right now, despite all the ins and outs and everything that has happened to us in our career over the inception in 1977 to present day, it's been a roller coaster ride, man. And we've lost a couple of very, very dear brothers who are always in the room to me. I mean, I still think of them regardless of what some may think. Um, also, people, if know, you... I think keeping the music alive, you know, it's yeah. I mean, people, the young people are listening to our music. Yeah. It's, it's a trip to look out in the audience, and, and it's not a sea of people that look like me. You know what I mean? They're, <laughs> they look out there, it looks like a regular... A audience. regular crowd, yeah. I mean, it's not like a whole bunch of old people. Or, no, it's everybody. Uh, I mean, if there's people of all ages, kids to older than me, so... But I will tell people Thank that are... Guys. People in my age bracket, if you've never seen Toto or any band that you love... What are you waiting for? Go see a live concert. It's not going to be around forever, folks. Go see these. Uh, Track uh, seven, Building Bridges. Uh, we got you and Sklar and Phillips and Paige and Joe Williams on this track. And Joe sounds fantastic on the bridge vocals. Yeah, man. So good. It's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, I always have, uh, I'm a big Steely Dan fan, man, you know, I always yes. have ever since their first album and I, I was desert Island music for me. I love everything they've ever done. So I was every record solo record I've ever done. There's always a, a song that has a, 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 st- a strong wink at Steely Dan. And I think that chorus has the, with the chord changes and the harmonies and all that. It's very much an homage to Donald and Walter, you know, with respect. Yeah, and another great guitar solo by you on this track. Thanks, man. All right, we got one more song to cover. We'll use that for our playout song today. I want to let people know what all is happening with Steve Lukather. Website is stevelukather.com. Instagram, at Steve Lukather Official. You're going to be playing at the Greek Theater this week. Tomorrow night. With Ringo. I love Ringo. Ringo has been so great to me. As a obviously a childhood hero and now a really great friend of mine, man. I've been in the band for eleven years, and it's a joy. It's like my vacation gig, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's so much fun to work with all the guys in the band who've been in the past to present. But with Ringo, man, he's just a very, very special, special human being to me. I'm so honored to say he's my friend. It's a trip. I never gets old, you know. Yeah. And what two songs does Steve Lukather sing in the set list of a Ringo show right now? Oh, I do a couple of total songs. You know, we do uh, we do Rosanna, we do Africa, me and Warren Am kind of do that together. Nice. It's sort of like a, the Grateful Dead version of Toto music when we do it. It's very loose and fun. It's as opposed to Toto's much more. Oh, let's go make this like the record. Let's make this is a little bit looser and fun. You know, it's not perfect, and that's cool. You know, it's yeah. a different take on it. And everybody brings their music, whoever who's in the all-star band. We all kind of, I love to play their music more than I love playing mine, believe me, you know. Yeah, it's probably fun to get in there and play those other tunes. It's an incredible amount of fun. And we have, it's a great honor to be a part of that legacy and have be part of that band. 
I'll do it until he doesn't want to do it anymore, or, or he doesn't want me to do it anymore. We'll see. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But Toto tour dates resume July 10th in Japan. Really when you exciting. go to these countries, do you get to get out of the hotel and see things? Yeah, I'm taking my uh, 15 year old daughter Lily with me as a as a little field trip with dad, a one on one time. You know, that'll Which be is, great. I've that'll done that with all great. my my older kids. You know. Uh, Tina and and Trevor, my older kids, you know, they've always had road experiences with dad. Well, it's Lily's turn this time. See a four, see a wonderful place that she'd never normally get to see. Japan oh is God. a really special place, man. It's a really, I love it there. You know, oh, that's been four years, and it's gonna be a great adventure for me and uh, my daughter. By doing what you do, you can make these memories with your kids by taking them all over the world. That is, that's a gift. That is really special. Well, you know, I try to make up for the fact that I'm gone a lot. Because the job, there's nothing happening in LA. There's no studio thing anymore. Right. I mean, I haven't done sessions in 35 years, really. You know, 30 years, whatever it is. I mean, I'll play on a record once in a while here and there, but I mean, I don't do sessions. You know, uh, <clears throat> so if I'm gone on the road doing uh, taking care of everybody, that's how you take care of uh, the many mouths that I uh, help feed every month, uh, which is a joy for me. You know, what I mean, I love to take care of my family, ex-wives, whatever. It's not a problem. We're all friends. It's cool um and my kids obviously anything for them i want them to have the best of i could possibly give to them but it requires me being away a lot my father was in the movie business yeah. and he would go do movies for six months and i i talked to him six times in six months once a month we get a five minute call because it was a gazillion dollars to make right because he'd be on some island somewhere doing a movie you know <clears throat> so i mean i didn't love my father any less so that gives me a little feeling of like you know my kids understand i yeah. love them. i tell them every day and now i got facetime so they can at least see me every day exactly they can it was worse like when my first daughter was born i was on the road we were touring and i came back for three days to have my first child which was tina and three days later they dragged me out of there kicking and screaming my first child I had to go on the road for five more weeks and, and there was no connection i what you call on the on a rotary phone and go, can I talk to my kid who's three days old or whatever? <laughs> There's nothing there. It's, yeah. It's dead. The kids go, <laughs> but they understand. I mean, you know, they, they, I am what I am, you know? Yeah. The, uh, any grandkids yet, Steve? No, I'm really hoping my oldest daughter is, uh, working on that right now. My oldest son will probably do that when he, you know, he wants to get his career a little bit, sure. you know, more solid and he's the, i love both my older kids are married and i love their choices of spouse for lack of a better term yeah i couldn't have picked them better wonderful wonderful people i love Excellent. them like my own you know all right the album is bridges i can tell you it's a fantastic album top to bottom it might possibly be your best solo album to date in my opinion well, thanks. I mean, um, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, we all, I always try the best I can, no matter what it is. But I mean, the fact that maybe I can make something at this time in my life, after all these years, that is worthy of perhaps past work comparison, that's good for me, man. Thank you very much for saying that. Well, Steve, thank you so much for doing the show for a third time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I want people to go out and buy Bridges this week, June 16th. Get it on vinyl. You're going to love the artwork. You're going to love the songs. You're going to love the playing. It's just fantastic. Oh, and Steve, with that, you have a great day. And everyone enjoy track eight as our playout song. This is written by Steve and Joseph Williams. This is called I'll Never Know. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, man. Take care of yourself. Take care. Bye-bye. I am too
horses were all my own I didn't seem to care Now I'm alone Well, Far From Home, it's an excellent track, so thank you. Far From Over. Far From Over. What did I say? Far From Home? Far From Home is me most of the time. All right. Far (laughs) From Over. You're right. I wrote that down. I feel stupid now. Far From Over. Far From Over. Innocent mistake, man. Don't worry about it. All right. Cool. I'll edit that little bit out so I'll look like I was uh, right on it. Um, (laughs) All right. 